From St. Luke's Gospel, the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Uh, you know, Palm Sunday is one of those, probably the most um, uh, erratic uh, year, feast day we have in the entire church this year because we started out in the courtyard just a minute ago, people chatting, we get our palms, we process in, singing all glory, laud, and honor. We enter into church in triumphant entry. Yeah! And then we leave the church this morning with a Jesus crucified and dead in the tomb. It's a roller coaster of a day, liturgically and spiritually, and it's, and it's supposed to be. That's the whole point. This, this sort of this, uh, juxtaposition of two radically different things, Jesus' triumphal entry and his crucifixion all within the span of 18 minutes. And it's got me thinking. You know, I've preached this text probably 20, I've been a priest for 19 years. I've probably preached it 18 times, 17 times. It got me thinking about something I'd never really thought about before, and it's this, that, uh, and I think it's the key to the text. Everybody needs a hero. Think about that word hero. Everybody needs a hero, a person to look up to, an example, a leader. Someone you can say, that person has what I need. They can do what I cannot. There's a great book by Jordan Peterson, whom I'm a fan of, 12 Rules for Life. He's a great quote about this very thing. He says, I quote, Do not underestimate the power of vision and direction. That's leadership right there. These are an irresistible force able to transform what might otherwise be unconquerable. Vision and direction and courage and fearlessness, friends, these are marks of a hero, and everyone needs a hero. I'll give you an example right now in the news. Vladimir Zelensky. He's kind of an odd duck, right? He's a comic turned Dancing with the Stars celebrity, <laughs> turned military tactician, guerrilla fighter, international politician, standing against one of the most cruel dictatorships in the world. It's a, there's humor in there, I think. He's the most unlikely guy, a comedian and dancer turned hero. Now, I'm not going to comment on his policies or his character. I've heard all different things, and I'm going to leave that question for history to judge. It's way, we're way too much in the middle of it. But I will say this. One thing I can tell you for sure is that Zelensky is at the very least a symbol of courage. He is rallying the people of Ukraine and the world. He is, in that sense by definition, a hero. So what is a hero? What does that mean? You throw this word around. What does it actually mean to be a hero? Well, a hero is an, idea, a hero is an ideal. It's an archetype. And we're going to talk about this today. What does it mean to be a hero? But two points. What does a hero do? What does a hero do? And is Jesus a hero or a zero? It rhymes. It took me hours to do that. Is Jesus a hero or a zero? So what does a hero do? We've got to think about this a minute. Why? This, I think will help us with this idea, this dichotomy of Palm Sunday. What does a hero do? Well, 
we see this, we see this in the opening of our liturgy this morning. We're in the courtyard, and we are reenacting, representing, if you will, Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem, where the, where the, uh, the king's palace is. It's Passover. All, everybody's there from all over the empire. Passover, of course, is the Jewish feast day of God's liberation from Egypt. Don't miss that. That's the subtext. So there's, you know, there's revolution and uh, in the air, you might say. And he rides into Jerusalem, Jesus does, on the back of a donkey. They're waving palms like the one you were handed when you came in. And the crowd goes wild. And, and they do, and it, and it says right here, Luke says in verse ni- chapter 19, verse 30, 37, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Now Luke doesn't tell us this, but in Matthew's report, there's a word used that in past years we've, we've used on Sunday, Matthew says, as, the crowd, as Jesus comes in, the crowd waves their palms. They throw the, the royal, the magic, the red carpet in front of them with their coats and their cloaks. And they say something really profound. They shout out, Hosanna. Hosanna. It's a Jewish word. If you don't know what it means, that's all right. I'm going to tell you. Hosanna is a Hebrew word. And it means not yay. It means save us. Save us. I mean, picture it. Put your mind, put yourself in situ, right? Save us. Save us. Save us, Jesus. The crowd sees him, and they know he can do it. They've seen him heal the sick. They've seen him cure lepers, cast out demons. They've even seen this guy raise the dead. And so they cry out to him, save us. His name, Jesus, Yeshua, means God saves. So my point is, you've got to put yourself in the situation. When you think about this hero idea, put yourself in situ. And, and let me ask you, let's turn it around and just think about this for a moment on our personal level. How many times in your own life have you said, I just need someone who can help me? I need someone who can, who can save me. Let's just say it that way. I need someone who can solve the problems that I cannot solve. We do it everywhere. We look at, at politics. We look at our work, our school systems, our churches, our governments. And we all have the same thing in mind. We all do this. Somebody save us. Somebody save me. Know why? I'll tell you why. Because everybody needs a hero. And so here's the money question. Here's where things fall apart. This is why Jesus' career is short-lived. Here's the money question. Save us from what exactly? What exactly is the problem which Jesus is going to save us from? Well, remember, Jerusalem is a city under occupation by the Romans, right? And the Romans were not exactly uh, fond. They were pretty good in terms of leaving you alone as long as you didn't cause a rebellion, which is exactly what's going on here this morning. These two criminals that are crucified with Jesus are insurrectionists. They're not thieves. They're not purse stealers. They're revolutionaries. That's why they're all crucified, Jesus and these two guys. And in the Jerusalem, these Jews are thinking to themselves, if only someone could get rid of these Romans, if only someone could cast off these occupiers, life would be peachy. Life would be great. 
I could buy one of those t-shirts that says, life is good, and I could really believe it to be true, right? But here's the question. Are the Romans really the problem? This is what everybody thinks is the problem, but are they really the problem? Is, are the, Romans occupa- the Roman occupation really the problem with human suffering in first century Jerusalem? Or is there something far, far deeper? Deeper! So let me ask you a question. Let's turn it around again, right? What actually oppresses you? What are the things in your mind that you say, Lord, please save me from fill in the blank? We've all got something, right? Health problems. My friend is dying of cancer. My husband or my wife has left me. I've got money problems. Kids are a wreck. Whatever it is, man. You think to yourself, boy, if this was only different, then I could be happy. Life would be good. Is that true? Or is there something actually far, far deeper? My first point, you see, is a hero is a person who saves. Hang on to that. And then the question becomes, well, is Jesus a hero or is he a a zero? Well, Jesus rides into the back of a donkey. A mark of the Messiah, the Messiah was supposed to do this. They wave their palms. They cry out, save us, save us, Hosanna! save us to the king. I mean, there's no mistaking what they're expecting, and there's no expecting what the Romans see. Oh man, we got a problem, right? That's why they arrested. Within the week, Jesus is arrested, he is convicted, he is tortured, he's crucified, and he is dead. Jesus' political influence, his career has fallen, faster than Will Smith's approval on The View. You know it's bad when Joe Behar's after you. Just saying. But his, his support, eva- and why wouldn't it? Like, think about it. He is seemingly defeated. And there's something I noticed this past week when I was reading through this text. I'd never noticed this before. Let me show you something. All along, Hosanna, save us, save us, save us, until he's arrested and he's crucified. And look what happens three times. Not save us, save yourself. Listen, I'll show you. Verse 35, but the rulers scoffed at Jesus, saying, he saved others. (laughs) Oh, let him save himself. Verse 36, the soldiers also mocked him, saying, coming up and offering him sarwan and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself, pal. One of the criminals, these other insurrectionists, next to him, railed at him, saying, are you not the Christ? What kind of Christ are you? Save yourself. Do you see it? I'd never noticed this before. The whole tone shifts from save us to save yourself. Three times. Well, why? Why the shift? Well, what would you do? What would you do? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There are a few things in life more uh, difficult, more tumultuous, more disappointing than someone whom you hoped in, someone you leaned on, someone you were counting on, your hero falls. There are few things worse in life than someone you looked up to taking a header and going down. You feel betrayed, you feel hurt, you feel duped. 
How could I have been so stupid to trust this person? I should have known better. How was I so blind? How did we not see this coming? How could we have been so stupid that we trusted this itinerant preacher from Nazareth? Nothing good comes from Nazareth. And these cries of save us, save us, of joy and hope, and man, maybe this guy can really do it this time. Now they become cries of derision and mockery and scorn. Look at him, another failed Messiah, a failed hero. Yeah, pal, you were going to save us? <laughs> yeah, save yourself. Another failed leader. So here's the question, and it's a real one. Is Jesus, in context, in situ, a hero or a zero? Well, by all accounts, it's the latter. From the looks of it, it appears that Jesus has lost, that they've all bet on the wrong horse. And before I go there, before I finish up with this sermon, I want to just ask, stop and ask you a question. Notice something. Can I have one of those palms, please? You got, you got one of these when you came in, a palm. And the reason we wave our palm branches around on Palm Sunday isn't just because uh, they're really good for tickling your brother behind the ear and pew, getting him in trouble, which, hey, I've seen it done. Um, the reason we carry palms on Palm Sunday is not just sentiment. It's not just cute. We can make little things out of it. The reason we carry these palms on Palm Sunday is because you and I are those very same people. I mean, be honest. We are these very same people. Human nature has not changed. We go from save us to, oh boy, another failed hero. We are reminded by these palms that we are those very same people, that we are fickle, and then when things go easy, it's, it's, it's easy to say, oh yeah, God is great. Praise report, yeah, fine. But when things get bad, really bad, even in defeat, we forget that God is still in control that he's still in charge. He's God. We forget that God has a plan. See, the, here's the thing. This is the key to this morning. The real source of oppression for the first century Jews is not the Romans. The real source of oppression for you is not the things you pray for that you think are your problems. Nope, it's not it. The real source of oppression for you, deep down, the deeper thing, is death itself and sin and brokenness. That's the root. That's the cause. That's the source. Jesus told them, he told them on the way to Jerusalem this would happen. I'll show you. Matthew 16, 20, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. They should have known better. They did know better. But you and I both know when things are difficult, human beings are fickle. We are fickle. When we see failure, we forget to see that even failures are part of God's plan. But unlike Penn State, God can and does snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. See, here's the thing that I want you to realize about Palm Sunday, about the passion, that the cross was no accident to a failed mission. The cross was no hero to zero. The crucifixion was the mission. 
The crucifixion is the entire point because on the cross, Jesus takes your sins and mine, our brokenness upon himself, the things that actually really do oppress you and I, and he pays for those on the cross with his blood, which we could never pay for. The cause of all human suffering and brokenness, deep down, not the surface level stuff, the real core, has been defeated. The devil's eternal hold on you, his oppression on you, has been lifted. Jesus says, I give them life, zoe, and life to the full. It means when you realize that you are saved, life is, even in suffering, can be full of joy because God has a plan and you and I are part of it. And now the grand irony, you know, God has a great sense of humor, if you know where to see it. It's not hard. The grand irony, of course, is that even as the Jews shout, Hosanna, save us from the Romans, the outward source of their oppression, he does exactly what they ask him for on a scale far greater than they could even possibly imagine. He offers the cure for the root of all human suffering by dying on the cross for your sins and for mine, in your place and in mine. But on Palm Sunday, you see, the victory is not yet complete. We have the beachhead established. We are D-Day plus one. We are not yet victorious. Palm Sunday, the victory is not complete. It is only a prelude. It is only the opening act of the story. For the real victory, you see, we'll see you here next week. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, the most unlikely hero who reigns as a king from a cross and whose death is our victory. Help us to see your victory even in suffering in this life. Remind us, Lord, that there is a plan that you have and we are a part of it. That even in defeat, you are glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.